Today I want to minister a message entitled, On the Brink. On the Brink. Exodus chapter 14. And we're going to just read verses 13 to 15. The Bible says this, Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. I like that last, last phrase. That just that jumped out at me. It, it, it hit me so wonderfully. And hopefully the Lord will help me to, to bring that point home in just a few moments. But life, and sometimes I think God allows situations to come our way. But usually life has a very relentless way of pushing us to the brink. We know that God allows testing to come into our lives. He allows situations to occur in our lives that press us and push us and cause us to feel as though maybe at some point we're going to just crumble underneath the weight. And yet through a persistent parade of obstacles and opportunities, we are continually confronted with moments that demand a decision. They demanded a decision in this passage of Scripture. We know, I hopefully we know the context, but if you're not totally familiar with this, let me just set the stage a little bit for you. The people of Israel had been released from Egypt. They had been there for 400 years under Egyptian bondage and slavery. They had labored, and now, finally, Pharaoh's heart softened just enough to release the entire nation of Israel. And they had come to this place, <clears throat> excuse me, in, uh, out in the desert, near the Red Sea. And they had a, God brought them on a particular route. The Bible actually specifically says uh, in the first part of this chapter that God did not allow the Israelites to go by way uh, of the Philistine country. Because he knew that the Philistine country was going to be an even rougher country. You, you, you might think we look and read through the, the first five books of the Bible and you read in Exodus and you read in Numbers and you read in Deuteronomy. You read all of those places and you think, man, people of Israel just wandered around in the desert. And yet you have to understand that God spared them from a particular group of people that were very nasty, to put it mildly, they were a, a people who would be creating problems for Israel all through their history, the Philistines. And God caused them to avoid that. And he brought them now to a place that they had mountains on one side of them, either side of them, and they had the sea in front of them. And then they looked back and the Bible says, and we just read it, so it's obvious that they could see that Moses said, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Think about it. They're standing at the Red Sea. They've got nowhere to go. They look back and they can see the Egyptians. They're close enough. 
Brothers and sisters, we come to this place in our lives where many times we are on the brink and we don't know what to do. And we feel as though somehow we are going to crumble underneath the weight that is, that is upon us. And the Israelites were in such a situation. And yet in the middle of all of that, God has a plan. And God's unique plan is something that is foreign to our human nature. Because our human nature says when we're in those kinds of situations, we got to do something. Come on. You know, what's, what's, what's the hold up here? It's our impatience. It's our, our humanity that says that this is, not, this is not what I had in mind. You can imagine as the people of Israel are standing there on the brink of something great. They didn't know it was something great. They thought it was disaster. You see, there are times in our lives where we think disastrous moments are nothing more than just that. It's going to be a disaster. It's horrible. And in our minds, we're playing out how bad it's going to be. You can imagine that there were people there on that particular day who were thinking to themselves, this is going to be a horrible, horrible massacre. And yet, we find them standing on the brink of something wonderful. They didn't even know it. But God led them to the brink because it's those opportunities that God can show himself to be strong in your life. Listen, you might be going through a dark moment in your life today. You might be going through difficulties and problems and situations that are beyond your control today. And you might think that it's absolutely disastrous and that you've come to a breaking point in your life that somehow no one really can figure it out. Nobody really understands what I'm going through. Nobody can really comprehend the pain and the struggle and the suffering that I happen to have going in my life. And yet, brothers and sisters, we find so often in scripture, those are the moments in our lives where God brings us to a place where he's about to throw the floodgates open and show himself strong on our behalf. So they're standing there. And here we are. It demanded a decision on their part. We have this struggle between what God tells them to do and what they wanted to do. They wanted to run. They wanted to go back. They didn't want to be where God had brought them to be. And honestly, there are times in our lives where we don't want to be in the situation that God has clearly led us into. And yet, God is going to show himself strong. God is so merciful, isn't he? He is so wonderful. He, he loves us and he is so merciful in our situations and in our problems. And what God tells us that we have to do, and this is a decision on our part. It's an instruction from him. But listen, as an instruction, we have a free will. We can choose to do this or not. And there are three basic things that we have to decide that we're going to do. One is this. Don't fear. We can't fear. He says it in verse 13. He says this, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. That was a word from the Lord. Do not be afraid. During the very difficult days of the depression, half of, we think it's bad now, this, nobody has called this situation in our country a depression by any means. Uh, in fact, you will find that if you listen to any of the you know, business news, 
people are very fearful that you would ever uh, that anybody of an economic stature would ever use the word depression as soon as you you say certain things if you're certain people certain financial leaders in the in the the country you mention one word or another and all of a sudden the, the market goes plummeting it goes down you know god forbid warren buffett should stand up and say the word depression everything would tank it's just the way it is But yet, during the Depression, and it was a Depression, it started in the 20s and it lasted almost two decades. And there there were so many problems. Half of all Americans were out of work. There were bread lines, lines just to, to get bread. Nothing else, bread. Just people lining up. The poverty was horrible. It was was a, a dark moment in this nation. There was rioting on the streets of Washington. And yet... In the middle of all of that, there was a voice. And in his inaugural address, President Franklin Roosevelt, in his first inaugural inaugural address in 1933, as he stood on braces because he had been crippled because of polio, and yet the nation was crippled. He stood there and he said these words that that ring down through to today it's it's such a wonderful statement he said these words the only thing we have to fear is fear itself the only thing that we have to fear in our christian lives brothers and sisters is fear itself it's not what the enemy can do because we know the enemy was defeated it's not what the situation is going to do in our lives it is How fearful are you going to be? And listen, if you are going to operate on the level of fear and be afraid of what's happening in your life, then brothers and sisters, you will find more often than not, you will be absolutely paralyzed. You won't be able to do anything. You see, there are two sources of fear. There is the fear of the past. In Israel's case, their past was about to catch up with them. The the Egyptians. They were on their way to get them. That was their past. That was the way it was. It was this fear that the past was somehow going to catch up and overtake them. And I know that all of us, we have a past at some point or another. There are things that we, you know, skeletons in the closet that we don't want anybody to know about. Things that we've done in our lives that we don't want anyone, anyone to get clued in on. And we're worried that one day that past is going to catch up. Listen, when you come to Jesus Christ, the wonderful thing is, is that the past is gone. It's put under the blood of Christ. You don't have to fear your past. You might have done things you're ashamed of. But I'm here to tell you today that under the blood of Jesus, there is nothing that God sees of your past that He will hold against you. He does not do that. We need to recognize today that God has freed us of our past. Don't be afraid of your past. That can't catch up to you because God is able. God wiped the slate clean. In Israel's case, it was not only fear of the past, but it was also fear of the future. The fear of the future. It was the unknown. What's it going to be like? What's going to happen? We don't know where we are. Think about it. They had been slaves. They hadn't gone anywhere. 
They have been in Egypt for all intents and purposes. Their home was Egypt. And now they're venturing out away from that land and away from Egypt. They didn't know how to get to Canaan. I thought about why it was that God led them with a pillar of cloud uh, by day and a pillar of fire by night. Yes, it was to let them know that he was with them, but also for the fact they had no clue where they were going. They didn't know how to get to where God had promised them that they would go. They had to get there somehow and God led them all of the way. And brothers and sisters, it is that fear of the unknown, the future, the uncertainty of the wilderness. What's going to happen? They would move from one place to another to another. And when they would get to this place, they'd realize, wait a minute, there's no water here. And they start complaining and they start grumbling. Say, come on, Moses, aren't you our pastor? You should know what to do. Come on, what, what, were there no, no graves in Egypt that you had to bring us out here to die? They get to another place. There's no food. They get to another place and they were just plain miserable. They just felt like complaining. You know, you ever get one of those days in your life, right? You wake up and there's nothing really wrong. It's just, you know, uh, we kind of call it Funky Monday. You know, Monday is just a, it's a weird kind of day. You know, you feel that, you got to go back to work, you just, it's, it's the beginning of a new week, a work week for you, and you just, you know, you, nothing's really wrong, nothing's out of, out of whack, nothing has, has, you know, you just wake up and you're like, ah, I just feel like complaining today. You're allowed every now and then, but complain to the Lord, cry out to God. Go to him and say, Lord, I need you. I need your touch. I need your power. I need your glory. I need your help today. Instead of looking around you and complaining and complaining and complaining, let's get some perspective on it and let's run to him. In Israel's case, it was the future, not knowing what it held. We don't know what tomorrow holds, brothers and sisters. We have no idea what's coming. But I'm here to let you know that there is somebody who's already in tomorrow. There is somebody who already knows what, what's going to happen. He's got it all planned out. He knows, and he has not left you. He hasn't bailed out on you. He hasn't, he hasn't forsaken you. You might be going through difficult times. You might think God has, has run out on me. God will never run out on you. Listen, don't allow the past or even the unknown future to cause you to fear. You see, the shackles of fear are pretty obvious. Fear can discourage you. Fear can paralyze you. Fear can cause you to come to a place where you think there is nothing that you can do. And that's exactly where the people of Israel were at this moment. They had the Egyptians behind them, the sea in front of them. They had no idea what was going to happen. And they didn't have anywhere to go. They thought somehow that this particular moment was a paralyzing moment. We can't do anything. What are we going to do? We're going to die right here on the brink of this sea. We're going to die right here. That's how many of us feel from time to time. We feel like we can't do anything. But I'm here to let you know you can do something great. And it is don't be afraid. You have to reach within and you have to say, Lord, you've got to help me not to fear with the situation that I'm in. Help me not to be afraid. Help me not to stand paralyzed in this situation. I'm going to follow you and follow what you want me to do. There is a strength. That dispels fear. And it's a strength that only comes from above. It doesn't come from a plan B. It doesn't come from having an alternate solution. It comes from above. Only above. 
And we have got to come to the place where we recognize that the reassurance is not from somebody who just, you know, they're having a good day. And how dare they enter into my bad day and tell me what to do. No, 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 no. This is the word of the Lord. Don't be afraid. You see it all through Scripture, especially in the Old Testament. When the people of Israel were headed into situations that were impossible for them over and over again, you find this message, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God told it to Joshua when they got into the land of Canaan and they got into that promised land. He said, don't be afraid. As you get into further into the Old Testament, you will find it one king after another as they faced Armies that were too big for them and they weren't able to, to, to defeat the enemy on their own power and their own strength. The word of the Lord came to them. Don't be afraid. This isn't your mother showing up telling you don't be afraid. This isn't your friend showing up telling you don't be afraid. This is God Almighty, the Lord of the universe, who is shouting to you don't be afraid. We need to listen to him. We need to listen to what God has to say. There's another thing that we need to do. And it is this. The word of the Lord came out. And we need to stand firm. You see, the brink is a very precarious place to stand. It's a place from which most of us, like Israel, like to run. We would prefer not to be close to the edge of disaster. You know, we come into situations and problems in our lives and somehow we think that it, the, it's the end. It's all over. It's all done. There's nothing we can do about it. And yet when we look at the Bible and we look so often at where we are in our present situation, we're right in the middle of where God has led us to be and yet it looks so terribly difficult and it looks as if the end is near. And yet we're on the brink of something great. And so the word of the Lord was not only don't be afraid, but it was also stand firm. You see, we can try to run backwards and retreat into the security of the past. And this is, in fact, what a lot of people try to do. This is why so many churches, we, we, you know, we can get stunted in our growth if we're not careful. Because we can get on to the idea that, listen, this is the way it was always done and it worked for them back then. And you know what? This is the way it's got to be now. Brothers and sisters, God forbid we should ever have that mindset. God forbid that we should somehow stake ourselves upon the past and say, well, this is the way it was always done, so this is the way it's got to be. No, listen, that is how death can come if we're not careful. God wants us to move forward. He wants us to move on. We're going to get to that in a moment. But at the moment, he says, stand firm. In other words, don't run from the situation. Stand firm. Now, we're going to see in just one second how God is going to tell them to move on. And that is, they're about to go into the sea. They're about to go to a place that nobody has gone before and lived to tell about it. But as we, we see the word of the Lord in this moment, he says, stand firm. 
The enemy comes at you and says, I'm going to take you out. The enemy is breathing down your neck and says, you know what? You're so discouraged right now. How dare you call yourself a man or a woman of faith? How dare you call yourself a man or a woman of God? And yet I'm here to let you know, brothers and sisters, in our humanity, we sometimes give in to that and we give in to the fear. We give in to all of that. But here today, we need a reminder to stand firm. Don't be afraid. Stand your ground because God is about to show Show up and do something with that brink. He's about to show up. Stand firm. We can try to run away and escape the challenges of following God. This was a challenge for the people of God. Shallow belief and cheap religion always vanish in the face of a challenge. If you get a shallow faith, you get a cheap religion, then I'm here to let you know that somehow in the midst of your trouble, here's what's going to happen. It's all going to... Go up and smoke. But if you're firmly planted in him, if you've got your feet on a rock, on the solid rock, then it doesn't matter what storms are going to come. You will stand your ground. Yes, we shake every now and then. We feel like it's not going to work out. We feel like things are just going to kind of go under. But in the end, if you are keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, I'm here to let you know that brink is going to turn into a door of hope. It is going to turn into a way of escape. God will lead you through in a place that you have never gone before. And you can get on the other side and you can rejoice and be glad. God's message to the people on the brink is to stand firm. Our world is full of fleeing people. It's full of people who like to run. They're running from bad relationship to bad relationship. They're running from one difficult job to another difficult job, from one challenging situation to another one. And the more that they run, it seems like the more difficult it becomes. I'm here to let you know today God's plan for the people of Israel in this situation was not to run. It was not to turn around and run. It was to stand firm and then watch God do something great. And that brings us to our last point, and it is this, to see the deliverance of the Lord. He says, don't fear, don't be afraid, stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord. You see, that's pretty poignant because at that moment, they were seeing the Egyptians. See, God wanted to change their focus. God wanted them to be looking at something else. He wants you today to be looking at something else. You might be looking behind you and saying, you know, I've got this problem and I've got that problem and I I don't know if I can make it. I don't know how I'm going to be able to to work through this situation. I don't know what's going to happen. But the Bible says this, that we are to see the deliverance of the Lord, though the brink is fearful and it's an uneasy place to stand. It is also the best place to observe what God is going to do. It is like courtside seats. It is the best seat in the house because it's there that you can begin to see God open up that Red Sea like you have never seen before. Never happened before. What's God doing? All of a sudden the waves begin to roll back. All of a sudden they begin to see walls of water on the right and on the left and then, oh, now the word of the Lord is going to come. Tell the Israelites to move on. (laughs) Move on through a place you've never been before. 
Move on through a situation that you thought was impossible. Through a moment in your life that you thought was so absolutely dark, God showed up and He says, I'm going to bring deliverance in this situation. And that's exactly what God did. God didn't do it by sending them back and giving them the power to fight the Egyptians. No, instead He brought them through the sea, brought the Egyptians into the sea, and there as the Egyptians drowned, the people got on the other side and they saw the salvation of the Lord. See, we've got to keep our eyes fixed on him. We've got to listen to what it is that he has to say. God acts in a very decisive way to demonstrate that he is the only one who can truly save. That he is the only one. It's not going to be your plan B. It's not going to be your alternate solution. It's not going to be what you think. It's going to be what God says is the way out. And the way out many times is not the way that you would have imagined. We've got to keep our eyes fixed on him and him alone. He says, see the deliverance of the Lord. See the salvation of the Lord. At that moment, they were looking at the Egyptians. They they only saw what was against them. God says, I want you to begin to see what is for you. Doesn't Romans tell us if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you today, who in the world can be against you? What situation can be against you? Listen, you can pile up all kinds of things if you want and say, well, this is against me, pastor. This situation's against me. This problem, this person, this person, they're all against me. Pile it up one on top of the other. And I'm here to let you know they'll never, ever be as big as God. If God is for you, who can be against you? For Israel... The miraculous crossing, all of this was the way that God showed he was in charge. You see, God is still interested in performing miracles for us. He is still interested in doing great things that we could not have imagined. And I believe that God has something good for your life. He has something good in store for you if you will keep your eyes fixed on him. If you will, in the midst of your situation, allow your heart to look up. And instead of fearing, have faith in him. Instead of feeling like you need to run, you stand firm. And then you watch what God is going to do for your life. In man's extremity, it's God's opportunity. When man thinks it's the end, God sees it as the beginning. When man thinks that somehow there's no way out, you need to recognize that God will show up and he will bring you through. Can we just bow our heads for a moment?